showing you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling for couples therapy. Can emotional intimacy be learned? Let's talk about the tactics to feel seen and heard, to cultivate a strong partnership so you can be walking hand in hand with your partner well into your 80s. I love to bring TV shows into these episodes that have a great lesson. Recently, my husband and I have been binge watching for all mankind. It's a TV show that takes us back into the space race, highlighting the missions of Apollo 11 and the controversy about the Soviet Union getting to the moon first, but of course, highlighting that the Americans were the first to actually have men walk on the moon. Now, there are lots of relationships in this TV show. They highlight good, bad, and ugly. I haven't really been able to find a teachable moment in this relationship so far about what has made the good relationships good, but I have been struck by a moment that shows us how come perhaps some of our emotional needs in relationships aren't met. To illustrate this point, we're going to talk about two former pilots who go on to become NASA astronauts. We're going to talk about the relationship between Edward Baldwin and Gordo Stevens. Ed Baldwin and Gordo Stevens become the first to habitate the moon along with their teammate, Danielle. Due to a series of unfortunate mishaps with mechanical problems and spaceship redesign, the replacement missions for other astronauts to come and replace them on the moon are delayed and delayed and delayed. So the three astronauts find themselves confined to just a few hundred itty bitty square feet When you go outside, the temperature is so hot, it could basically make you melt in a matter of minutes. And so they're confined to the small space. The only way they can go outside is by wearing their spacesuit, and it's just the three of them. They become confined to the small space, the claustrophobic feelings, and Gordo begins to have hallucinations around the ants. But as time progresses, they just keep busy by watching the same six VHS videos over and over and over again. You see these same six VHS tapes get worn out and they're Jimmy ringing up the VHS player and having to eventually they have nothing left to watch because the tape and the VHS just gets all burned out and the VHS tapes fall apart. Due to a lack of anything to do and to keep them from going crazy, they start role-playing and acting out the scenes they've begun to know so well, watching these same six VHSs on repeat. One day in the middle of the night, Gordo wakes up, both Danielle and Ed, and he seems to have a bit of a psychotic break. He begins to role-play all the characters, and he just doesn't seem to be with it. He can't be snapped out of what's going on. Eventually they do snap him out of it and Ed decides perhaps he just needs a walk. The two of them get their space gear on and get going and walking outside when Gordo slips into another hallucination. 
He feels like the ants are crawling all over him. He just wants the ants off. And outside, he begins to take off the helmet of his spaceship. Ed tackles him and prevents him from getting that helmet off. And after going inside, Ed decides that he does need to send Gordo and Danielle back to Earth using their emergency leave system, even though there's no one left to replace them. Ed is left to live on the moon by himself in the itty bitty little habitation. 10 years later, Gordo is in training to go back to the moon. He hasn't gone back after he's had the experiences with hallucinations and psychotic episodes. He's afraid. He's afraid of going back up there and the feelings of claustrophobia that seem to happen to him when he puts his helmet back on. You see him practicing and training to put his helmet on and get used to the feeling, which continues to cause him distress. One scene, you see Ed and Gordo in an, Ed, in an airplane hangar. Gordo confesses with tears streaming down his face that he's scared. Ed, who you know has a great deal of love for Gordo, as you've seen throughout the scene so far, basically gives him no sympathy, only tough love, tells him to act like a man, mocks him. We see that these two men have a great relationship, but these emotions of fear were not safe. They were dismissed. They were mocked. They were contemptuously criticized. So Ed does seem to have a loving relationship with his wife, but we don't see scenes of her being vulnerable and sharing emotions. We don't actually know what he's like. So this brings me to a very important point. How men and women do emotions is very different. And very often what we see on TV is this whirlwind of love where men seem to just get it right with their female partners and their female partners get it right with their men. This isn't real life. Think about how odd our real life world really is. Love and belonging are just as much of a core need as food, water, and shelter. And yet we go through 12 years of education. Most of us go even longer. We learn math and science and language arts, but we learn nothing or very little about connection. I didn't learn a single thing about how to do connection until the fourth year of my psychology degree. So how are we supposed to learn connection? How are we supposed to learn how to handle emotions and feelings? If we were so lucky, we had parents that model good connection for us. But most of us, like Gordo and Ed, don't seem to be that lucky. In this case, I bet Ed believed he was being helpful by giving Gordo tough love. And then Gordo does go on to become an astronaut again and go to the mood. And so likely this tough loved approach worked. So what does that tell you about how Ed likely responds to his wife's emotions? What does this tell you about how Gordo would probably respond to someone's emotions? What did they learn from an incident like this? So because most of us have not learned how to do emotional connection, and we've likely experienced moments like Ed and Gordo, where we are dismissed, where we are rejected, where we are criticized, where we are mocked for having emotions, we're kind of baffled about, well, what, what do we do? How do we connect with other people having emotions? Most of us aren't really sure. So we turn to resources like magazine headlines at the checkout at the grocery store, and we take relationship advice from clear non-experts and headlines that sound like this. How to tap into his desire to fix you and have him hanging on your every word. Or how this astrological guide can tell you if your partner is right for you. So yes, these are catchy titles. But 
If you keep reading that same magazine, before you even get to that article about astrology and compatibility, you've read about the next diet, and you've read about how aging is going to make your partner look for a longer mate, younger mate, and all while you flip the pages, your self-esteem is plummeting because you're seeing all the things wrong with you. No wonder that by the time you actually get to that magazine article to learn about astrology and to find out if your love really is legit, you're bombarded with all the things wrong with you, so you believe that horoscopes are the answer. But we need to think about what really makes love last, even if you have different horoscopes. So the thing is, is all of us are flawed. Everyone's got problems and we need to think about how do we keep our love alive even when all of us people are so different. Let's talk about what emotional intimacy is really made of because it's not just blind love or finding some odd characteristic that makes you the right match. But a lot of us have felt free-flowing, easy conversations. We have felt what it's like to feel a steaming gaze smoldering at you from across the room that just lights you on fire inside. Most of us know what it's like to have a conversation that flows easily all night. And these kinds of things that happen to us is the love that's typical of the first two weeks to two years in a relationship. It's called limerence. From an evolutionary perspective, its job is to keep you together long enough to create offspring. And after that initial falling in love phase, falling in lust, staying in love takes conscious, intentional work. And while there's more to it, here are two things that can help. Here are two things that can help you find connection, intimacy, and love more predictably or reliably than checking your astrology to see if your signs are compatible. Here are two ideas that come from the Gottman Method and their years of research. The first one is truly catching up on your partner's inner world. At our core, we want to be connected, seen, important, understood by the person we love the most. We want them to be interested in us, even if they're not interested in the content. So by spending time demonstrating your interest, asking curious questions, and getting to know your partner's inner world, really know them we can create a sense of deep knowing of each other, that sense of connection that often we find in those early free-flowing conversations where we're getting to know every detail about the person. Now, if you've been together a while, this can be harder to do than it sounds. That's why I created the Emotional Intimacy Cheat Sheet. This is a guide that has 36 questions to help you open each other's hearts to deepen your understanding of each other. It has conversation topics to set you up for success, even if you've been struggling for a little while. So if you're in a relationship and you want some steps to help you create those free-flowing conversations, download the guide. All you need to do is just click the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.emberrelationshippsychology slash free guides, and you'll find the emotional cheat sheet in there. The second thing you can do to increase connection is really work to create a culture of cherishing. This means intentionally spending time to look at what your partner is doing right and tell them. This is compliments or describing stories of fun times you've had together in the past or just sharing ways that they're important to you. So these things help your partner to feel special and important, especially if words of affirmation is one of their love languages. A lot of times with our partners, we end up hearing what we're doing wrong. We hear complaints or criticism or things we want. So make sure we're sharing as enough, as much or more of the good and what they're doing right as we are with the bad. So these are two things, knowing your partner's inner world and creating a culture of cherishing that can really help you to overcome some of the differences between you. 
Is it going to solve all the problems between you? No, but can it help you create connections so you can stop living like two islands and build a bridge between you? Yes. Yes, it can help with that. So remember, differences and disagreements are a normal part of all relationships. Those aren't the measure of success. It's how you handle them. It's how you work together to create a beautiful relationship, even though you have differences that will probably not be solved. It takes work for both people to learn to have connection, probably in a different way that they were ever taught. And when we learn to have this deep connection in a different way than we were taught, this can help to buffer against the bad times, the deep conflicts, the times where your partner's difference than you is driving you mad. Because we feel like even though they're doing that thing that is really bothering us, we know that there is good that we wanna hold on to. So our partners will be always perfectly imperfect. The goal is for us to deeply know each other, to cultivate that beautiful sense of friendship and to create a culture of feeling liked in our relationship by our partners. Those are two things we can learn to do as intentional skills that we can practice over time to learn the art of emotional connection. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.